Hello, everyone, and my welcome to, to Tim and Hill. So good to be with you. And I love that reading. Thank you so much, guys. We definitely decided to keep that little blooper in at the beginning because, uh, you know, we just want to be real. Uh, someone said to me after the last time that I spoke, they said, Andrew, it was amazing that you spoke completely without notes. Uh, well, I didn't, friends, because the way the cameras work on these laptops is you can actually have your notes just down below, but it looks like you're reading directly. Anyway, the one thing I do have with me is my Bible. And I really want to encourage you to open a Bible, get Philippians open or switch on um, this morning as we track through together. So why don't Hello, everyone. I am your technical difficulty. Well, there you go. I was just saying earlier about the reality of using notes. And here we are. Sorry, my, my laptop just couldn't cope um, with the sheer weight. So um, I was just reminding us that we're in Philippians. We're lessons from lockdown. I was just about to say, I don't know whether you're counting it as day 48, day 49 or day 50 of lockdown. But whatever number it is, it's a long time, isn't it? Well, we're asking, aren't we, as we read Paul's letter uh, from an incredibly confined space. He was in prison, but he had the most expansive vision, even though he was confined physically. We're asking what our vision can be in this season for what God can do in us. We're asking about resetting. Um, I love that little story, uh, an anecdote where there was the owner of the amazing factory that had a great production line um, and the production line stopped. The, the machinery broke and no one could work out exactly what was wrong. So uh, they send for the expert. The expert comes along after about 10 minutes of diagnosis, takes out a very small screwdriver and turns one tiny screw and the whole factory bursts back into life. The uh, expert hands a, a piece of paper with his bill uh, or her bill to the uh, to, to the owner of the factory, and it's ten thousand pounds. The owner of the factory can't believe it. Ten thousand pounds for ten minutes' work. I want an itemised bill. The owner says, and so uh, the expert writes out a bill, hands it to the owner, and on it says, "Turning one screw, one pound." knowing which screw to turn, 9,999 pounds. Friends, we really need to be listening to the right voices, don't we, in this, in this season. We need wisdom. And we love the fact, as Tim and Hill said, that God is giving wisdom to so many people in this season. And we are indeed praying. But for us as followers of Jesus, we need God's wisdom. And that's why I encourage you to to get Philippians open. And I just gave you that little break so that you could go away and get your Bible. Of course, it was fully intended. Well, we've looked at this letter and we started, if you remember, Hills spoke to us about perhaps a reset that we need in our confidence in the gospel. Um, and then David shared with us about, about a reset of the heart, our attitude to be the same as Christ. And last week, Tim spoke to us about responsibilities and challenged us with that question, whether there was a need for a reset in our sense of responsibilities to ourselves. Uh, our responsibilities in wider society and also our responsibilities um, in terms of in terms of church life. Well, I, I felt prompted by God this week to talk a little bit more about responsibilities in terms of relationships. 
Um, there are lots of things that we're focusing on, I'm sure, at the moment. And I think going forward as Christians and as society, we're going to be thinking about health in new ways, aren't we? We're going to be thinking about key workers. Praise God in a whole different way. Many of us perhaps thinking about finance and, and work is all going to be very different. But we're also, I'm sure, taking stock, aren't we, in terms of our relationships. And I guess that most of us are in some way asking God, is there any need for a reset on, on any of my relationships? If you remember the uh, the book that we were following through just before Easter, Paula Gooder's book about the wilderness and about how throughout scripture, there's a pattern that in times um, where everything is stripped away, in times where we're perhaps confined, we're, we're taken away from normal. These are places of encounter with God. And I wonder, as I say, how God is calling us uh, in this time of lockdown, in this time where it's not normal uh, to reset on our on our relationships. There are so many ways, aren't there, that relationships can get spoilt. And um, uh, as Hills reminded us, what God wants for us is freedom. We have sung about that this morning, that uh, the word salvation that, that, that is used um, in, in, in Paul's letter to the Philippians, uh, when he speaks about the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, this, this thing we are to have confidence in, salvation, freedom. As I say, there are so many things that can spoil relationships and take away a sense of freedom and bring, bring a sense of constraint, bring bitterness, bring, bring unforgiveness, bring real pain when we think about relationships. I wonder, what does God want to do in us during this time in terms of bringing a new freedom? The, uh, the, the thing is, the great news is we're not on our own. Uh, we looked at, verse, uh, at chapter one and verse 19 a couple of times where what Paul says is that it's through your prayers and the help given by the spirit of Jesus Christ that his situation is going to turn out for good. We have this amazing partnership, don't we, in our work uh, at serving and loving and responding to God's goodness and to the good news of Jesus Christ. It is this combination of God's work within us and also the fact that we're called into community. It's the prayers. It's the connecting with, with each other. But first is the work of God when it comes to this business of relationships and resetting our relationships. Um, last week, Tim was pointing us to the word therefore in chapter two and verse 12 of, of Philippians. And the therefore follows on from an if that is at the beginning of chapter two. So Paul says, if you have any sense of what God has done for you, therefore, and the so what follows. And so when it comes to this business of relationship, the, the therefore, the how we live in relationship with people, how we might be called to be resetting in this time now, has to first of all relate to our relationship with God. If you like, our horizontal relationships and the, the quality of our relationships with others is always a flow from our relationship with God, our perfect father. Paul uh, in chapter one, also verse 11, talks about about our relationship with God, bringing the fruit of righteousness, righteousness, can't say it, sorry, uh, 
good fruit in our lives from our relationship with God. And it's not hard, is it, to see how uh, relationships can reflect bad fruit, how uh, something that is wrong with our sense of relationship with God and what we're receiving through the Holy Spirit is, is not expressing itself in our relationships with others. The, the horizontal has problems because there's something not quite there with the vertical. I wonder if anyone watching this morning, you're thinking to yourself, yep, that's the truth. Before I can really reset on my relationships with others, I've got to actually reset on my relationship with God. If my relationships with others reflect any sense of selfishness, then clearly, as we were seeing earlier in Paul's letter, we don't have the same attitude as Jesus Christ. We're not humble. We're not being obedient to God, are we? If uh, if in our relationships with others, we we see any wrong kind of dependencies, unhealthy dependencies, either we're wrongly dependent on someone else or somebody is wrongly dependent on us, then that means that we're not putting God first in our lives. He is the one who we are to be dependent upon and the work of the Holy Spirit within us. If uh, if we just don't have enough time for others in relationships, then whose rhythms are we following? Are we actually following the rhythms of grace, to quote the message version of the Bible that God gives to us? Or are we living our lives to a timetable, to an agenda that is being set by, by anybody else? Again, friends, we can't have right relationships with others if we don't have right relationship with God our Father. Do we do things out of duty and obligation? Particularly, perhaps we might think about that in terms of our church, family relationships. Well, this is not the freedom. This is not the fruit of righteousness, which Paul has said God has given to us through Jesus Christ and through the cross. Jesus' death on the cross, Jesus' resurrection to eternal life is freedom, salvation. And what about the fruits of unforgiveness, of, of bitterness? And I want to say this gently, friends, because my own experience in life has not had massive amounts of abusive relationship or anything like that unhealthy relationship in, in the kind of ways that I know that people do experience. And, and please don't hear me in any sense wanting to, um, you know, this is not out of guilt. This is out of a desire for freedom. But scripture tells us in, in Luke's gospel, Luke 6, 37, Jesus says, um, forgive and you will be forgiven. Forgiveness matters. The consequence of unforgiveness is that is that bitterness rules in our lives. I wonder, friends, if in this time of lockdown, as you think about relationships, you are conscious of any unforgiveness. Let's be clear, Christian understanding of unforgiveness is not saying that a wrong has suddenly become right. It's not actually forgive and forget, but Christian forgiveness in response to what God has done for us, into, in response to his mercy and forgiveness for us, is to say that we will choose not to hold things against others. We will choose to place others into, into God's hands. This is the root 
to freedom. I wonder if God at work in you, the Holy Spirit at work in you now is calling you and I to any reset of relationships in this kind of way. Desmond Tutu, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, um, out of everything that happened in South Africa through apartheid said, forgiving means abandoning your right to pay back the perpetrator in their own coin, in their own way. But in my experience, he says, it is a loss that liberates the victim. Do you have a sense of freedom in relationships? I gently please ask, is God calling you now to forgive somebody else, to hand them over to him? Well, God also, Paul also tells us, doesn't it? It's not only the work of the Holy Spirit in us. It's also uh, the example of others that we can look to. And he gives us Timothy and Epaphroditus. And let's just quickly look at the qualities that Timothy and Epaphroditus as, as friends have. The first is that uh, Paul says about Timothy, there's no one else like him. He's a servant. And then and then talking about Epaphroditus, he says that uh, that Epaphroditus met Paul's needs in a way that uh, the Philippians couldn't. Actually, the Greek there means that he out of his own resources met a wider need in the, uh, for others. There's generosity. And they both, Timothy and Epaphroditus, have a key quality, don't they, of obedience, service, generosity and obedience. These are the examples that are given to us. And of course, they're, they're qualities that Timothy, uh, sorry, that Paul himself also really reflects. Obedience, both Timothy and Epaphroditus and Paul himself are willing to go wherever God calls. Uh, Paul says that it's nearly cost Epaphroditus his life. He says that Timothy has been tested in all circumstances. These are the qualities of of friends who have God first and God's love filling them, that vertical relationship is then able to express itself in the horizontal. Do you notice as you read through the book of Philippians that there's not the slightest hint of bitterness anywhere from Paul whilst he is locked down in prison? He's learnt this freedom of forgiveness of others. And then uh, when uh, Paul then writes about uh, Epaphroditus, he, he gives us three ways in which the friendship, the quality of relationship works itself out, doesn't he? He says um, he is my brother. So that's the, the, uh, the relationship of family, brother, sister, family. He says he is my co-worker and my co-soldier in verse 25 there of chapter of chapter two. And, and of course, family quality of relationship is is family uh, God's family and I wonder I wonder how this applies for us as Trinity Cheltenham do we have this sense of identity and shared purpose and and family affection the language here is of covenant not of contract you're not in the relationship because of what you get out of it you're in the relationship because of what you can give it's the same language as the language of marriage vows isn't it for better, for worse, in sickness and in health. Am I that kind of friend to other people? Are, are you that kind of friend 
to other people? Do you have that attitude in your life group, in, in other relationships within your church family? And then co-worker, the language has, as Tim said last week, a vigour to it. There's energy and there's effort in, in working, sharing the tasks of life, blessings and battles. And then battles co-soldier. And the imagery is, yes, of battle yesterday or day before, sorry, on VE Day. We were thinking about all those examples of people who were up for fighting for the sake of others. And friends, of course, we know that in our relationships, as in everything else, we're not just in an earthly battle, we're in a spiritual battle. How do we defeat the enemy? It's the armour of God. It's the weapons that God gives to us. It's the work of the Holy Spirit within us. And then the support, the prayer and the example and the teaching of the community around us. I'm asking myself, would my friends, would those I'm in relationship with say this of me, that I am like a brother, I am a co-worker, I am a co-soldier. This is, is a tough time, isn't it? But God also within it gives us such opportunity to reset. And so I ask this question, how does God want us to reset our relationships what do you and i want to come out of this time we're sorry about that friends one of the downsides of a live broadcast but we think there are lots of upsides that makes it worth doing we love andrew but he clearly has problems with his computer but as you heard there he was um he was drawing to an end and so we just want to sort of pick up where he's left off uh such a significant message to us all to continue to re-examine our hearts, but particularly with this opportunity maybe that we have at the moment where, where we're wondering what God is inviting us to re in this particular season, to keep examining our hearts, uh, to invite the Holy Spirit to show us yeah. who we need yeah. to forgive. Because yeah. as Andrew said, the real beneficiary of forgiveness is actually ourselves. Jesus says that we experience the fruit of his forgiveness and his grace it's able to be poured into our lives in a free way when we walk in forgiveness. It's when we refuse to forgive others. It's not that he stops, starts refusing to forgive us. It's that his grace can't be poured into our lives in the fullness with which he wants to pour it in because of the kind of double standard that we're choosing to live by. We want his forgiveness, and, but we refuse to forgive others. So why don't we just take a moment as we uh, draw to a close, just to close our eyes and invite the Holy Spirit to show us if there is somebody that he wants uh, us to begin to forgive this morning uh, and to uh, release into his hands. So let's just close our eyes. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you know us. You know our wounds. You know our history. You know our relationships lord and the complexities of them and you also know how to lead us into freedom so in this moment we just invite you to show each one of us in the quiet of our hearts if there's anybody that we are holding unforgiveness against that you want us to begin to forgive this morning just show us holy spirit search our hearts and show us